Good morning, fan maniacs and dolphin fans all over the place. It is jet morning. Jason Sarney here. Drew Welsh, my guy. How you doing? I'm doing okay. It's a sad day, but I'm doing okay. Sad day because uh, you know, Tua post Thanksgiving. You having a turkey hangover? Why is it sad? Uh, Tua hurt his thumb. We have to end the franchise. That's the end of it. It's over. All, no, it's not. Are you, you've been on Twitter to too long, Drew. You've been on the app. Put the phone down. Speaking of gloom and doom, which we're going to go on a little bit of a sarcastic gloom and doom, which there is not. There is a silver lining to the thumb injury, and I have to go on a little tangent on that. It's a thumb injury, which has nothing to do. I don't think a thumb is connected to a hit. So there happens to be no prone proclivity to a thumb injury because it could happen to anybody. But the fact of the matter is we get to see a little bit more of Ryan Fitzpatrick today. We see a former Jet who has a 1-0 record against him this year as a starter. 24 to nothing a couple of weeks back, lest we forget it was, of course, the debut of Tua. But did I mention we get to see Ryan Fitzpatrick again today, Drew? 2-1 and one against the Jets the last two years, so... I'm, I think we'll be doing okay, and let's face it, he'd be 3-0 and if it wasn't for that callback last year from uh, New York where they called back that instant replay out of nowhere. That was a gross so, play. Absolutely. So I, I'm confident that he can go out and he can win this game. That's the kind of QB – that's the kind of team Fitzpatrick wins against. That's, that's what he does. I have no issue at all with Fitz taking the ball, going out there, beating the Jets – Beating the Bengals. I have no issues at all with that. I can deal with it the next two weeks. Let Tua get healthy. And a little-known fact, people, for quarterbacks, they, what, what do you use to throw your, your, your football? Use your hand. If your thumb's not working, you can't throw your football. Everybody needs to quit acting like it's, oh, well, you should just work through it. No, it's a freaking thumb connected to it. And probably he tried to work through it too hard and probably hurt the thing worse, which is why he kept, it kept getting worse. But as far as this game this week, I am perfectly okay with it. Let's roll with Fitz. Go out. Now, when we get to Kansas City, the last time Fitz saw Kansas City, he was a Jet. And he threw six interceptions. So, when we get to Kansas City, it, it's to a time again. 100%. Because that's the game you need to see. Tua go up against Patrick Mahomes. The Cincinnati Bengals game, which I kind of like that you're going a little bit far ahead. You know, which is fine. You know, we're a week-to-week kind of minded duo here on this show. We got to take care of business against the Jets. That's fine. But you know what? Whatever happens today, there's no Joe Burrow. There's no rookie-to-rookie bill if you want to worry about the, the, the ticket, you know. So who cares about that? Brian Flores and this organization is in win-today mode, meaning it, it's Sunday. Let's win today. And going up to a northeast couple of days before December turn of the calendar. Not freezing, but it's cold. Doesn't really help a thumb injury with a little bit more of a tougher grip or just a tougher overall weather situation for a grip of a ball for a lefty with a thumb injury. So it's fine that Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is probably the 33rd ranked quarterback in the league, if you really want to put the ladder of him as the best backup the league has right now because you could throw him right in he is a winning record quarterback at the moment 
he's running an offense that I think he has a better command of than Tua in terms of overall command, knowledge, trust in, you know, the receivers have to trust in him. Not saying they don't have a trust in Tua, but it's a different mindset. It's a go up and throw it to Devontae Parker or Gusecki and they'll come down with it. It's not necessarily necessarily the, the timed route situation where Tua really has to work on his cadence, his snap count, and his, his ability to maybe trick the opposing side. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, his cerebralness and his veteran savvy is exactly what they need today to kind of avoid a hiccup. Well, that and you uh, – we'll dig into it a little farther, but you've got a, Q, a QB who's played, who isn't the future of the franchise – who has a fully working opposable thumb and that won't have running backs, either one of them. So you, you expect Tua to go out there with a hurt thumb, uh, back up, the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup running back, uh, an O-line that really got smashed last week. Uh, they, they just stunned them and they had no answer. That is not where you put your starting QB of the future in against a team that you should be able to beat reasonably. Protect the franchise now. Move on going forward when the time is right, when you need him there in two weeks. That's exactly right. And, you know, again, we're we're under, you know, I mean, this is a season and a little bit more than a half of a regime that is looking for a 15 to 25 year outlook. I mean, really, that's how you have to think about it because Tua is a few games into a career. And if it's not an ideal situation to win the game, why push it? Why push it? Why risk a a silly strip sack that could re-injure a a 45 or a 75% thumb even when you have a very capable player in Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you mentioned the running back situation, and obviously it would be very helpful to Fitz and a banged up middle of the pack offensive line to have a very capable runner. Not saying that a Patrick Lair, a Matt Breida, and a DeAndre Washington aren't capable, but these are complimentary guys who now one of them may have to step up or this is just a running back by committee scenario. How do you see the running game materializing today? The running game to me has been kind of funny because it's – I haven't – and this is for two years now. We, we've seen the growth on the defensive side of the ball. Next man up, this guy gets a start, this Zach Sealer guy from out of nowhere that they poached off of. You know, they, they grab him and they try him out. On the offensive side of the ball, unless there's an injury, they don't seem to try to work in guys to see who's clicking a little better. Salvin Ahmed didn't get a chance till – other players were down. And so is it going to be Matt Breida? You know, Laird's been peppered in there. I think Laird's got the role he's in. He, he's going to get so many carries. What really does interest me, me is DeAndre Washington, because they cared enough. I mean, it was only a six-round pick, but they cared enough to toss a six-round pick at this guy to see what he had, and he's on the last year of his contract. So if he's on the last year of his contract, I would think – you you knew enough about him to get him off the field. Obviously, Reggie McKenzie from the back office drafted him uh, when he was still with the Raiders. So they they know this player. And this player, I would think, would be fitting their schemes if they're making moves for this player. Because they obviously didn't do it for next year because he's at the end of his contract. 
So that, that's really what I'm interested to see is, are we going to start seeing some of those movements? Because I expected some movement on the wide receivers when Tua started. So maybe some of the guys from the practice squad, the Lynn Bowdens, the second team guys, getting a little more involved in the offense because he would be more comfortable with those because he would have thrown to them more the prior weeks. But we haven't seen any of that. And that's really what I'd like to see this week is, okay, let's open up the playbook. Let's get some of these running backs involved. And please, Chan, please, please, please make Fitz run the ball. Don't let him audible out of every freaking run because he's going to throw interceptions if he does that. Now, with that said, can they afford it against the Jets? Probably. But let's play a solid game here. You said, you know, you know, you want Fitz to not audibleize and run the ball. I mean, I know you mean – the running backs run the ball. But this is a situation where, you know, Ryan could pick up the yardage when he needs to. I think that he can get a dozen rushing yards in uh, playmaking, not out of helter-skelter, maybe a combination of both. But, you know, you don't want him rushing for 47 yards and getting killed in the middle of the field. That, that, that you don't want. But to have him pick up a first down here and there, or God willing, a three-yard QB sneak touchdown or something like something fun to get that – you know, his juice is flowing. But as far as the running back scenario, you know, DeAndre Washington is a guy who I think can get five to nine carries. Let, let's call it like that. I think Brita is in that same range. I think Patrick Laird's a guy who you have to circle because he might be the best overall back in that trio to pass block, to get some usage in a screen or, you know, uh, a receiving game overall. And then I really want to see those three running backs great, but there might be four or five individuals who record a carry you know let's throw ryan fitzpatrick in there and you got you got to see what we have with a run pass throw option in a malcolm perry he was drafted so he was a draft pick we've been seeing sprinkles of him in a wide receiver position but he's he's a i hate using this term i'm sorry but he's a swiss army knife and i think it's a josh house term he's a swiss navy knife you know it's it, it he's he's a guy who could do different things and if you line him up in one area of the field and you put him in motion who the heck knows what he's going to do and I just think that we need to start this is the time to do it if you're up 17-3 why the heck not absolutely I mean you got Lynn Bowden kind of the same deal same deal I mean get, get him get them both in the backfield make some things interesting make some defenses think hey what are we going to do in this scenario even if you put them in the backfield this week and you're winning really high and you put them in for some plain Jane plays just to have it on tape so that when you get to, say, a KC or something, they've seen the tape, they saw you run something plain Jane, but now you can mix it up and add some variety to it. They, they, they've got to do something different than what they've been doing because the just plain Jane plays are just not working out. They're, they're, they're not. And if, if – if this was KC, I'd be a lot more worried about what we're going up against. But I think this week against this team, add, add, some, add some pizzazz to it. Do something. Get some people on their toes. Let's see what we can bounce off of people. Let's get a little creative. Uh, you're, you're down running backs like we talked about. You're on your backup QB. Open up the playbook. Go to page 383. Run that thing. Run that double end around reverse with a pitch. Whatever. Go nuts. I completely agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one above you, Drew. You know, we have not, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, we have not seen big punt. We have not seen anything really tricky. You know, what if it's like fourth and four, 
you know, you're, you're in a nice, decent area of the field where, you know, who knows, open the playbook up, do something fun. Because you mentioned it is plain Jane. It is a little vanilla. I don't mind vanilla ice cream when, when, it, when, when you know, things are going right. It's nice. It's a go-to. But sometimes you need a little sprinkles. You need a little marshmallow fluff. You need a little fudge, some peanut butter ripple. You need to throw some pizzazz on it. And I think two or three plays throughout this game, which could really lead to, I don't know, three to 14 points, who knows, needs to happen. And especially against a team like the Jets, who cares about crowd noise because there will be none. You know, who cares about a J-E-T-S disgusting chant because there's nobody allowed in the building. It's only simulated audio. Who cares about all those intangibles? You're a better football team. Have some fun. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, so that's kind of a theme. Have some fun. And the model has to be the Jacksonville game, Drew. I don't care if in the second quarter with the lead, it's that argument of, oh, my God, they did not have stats. I don't care. If you're up by two possessions, kill the clock, get out of there with a win. I I agree 100%. The one thing you cannot afford to do against Adam Gase is let them hang around. That team is going to be desperate, and they're going to be more than willing to open up that playbook at this point because they, they just want to get the W. So you've got the potential of the Miami miracle we all loved. We don't want to be on the other side of that. Don't let it get that close to where one freak play lets them win. This is a much better football team on defense, on special teams, than the Jets by far. On offense, both teams are struggling, but those two other units make a huge difference. And the, the one thing that the team has to do is take care of the ball in the areas it needs to take care of the ball. Fitz has to fight himself a little bit and not make those major mistakes on a consistent basis. And this should be an easy W. Fitz has done it two out of three times. Not, uh, much better defense than the last two times he faced them. No reason he can't do it again. There really is no reason. I mean, other than like a silly thing like desperation for a winless team. If you said it, you know, if, they're, if it's within eight points, last possession, there's a bit of fear because Gase has done it to a better team in the Patriots with the miracle. You know, obviously everything is different. Personnel's different. Situations, years, everything's different. But in a one-possession situation in the NFL, we've seen. Look what happened with DeAndre Hopkins' catch against the Bills. It ain't over until it's triple zeros. And the best way to have, you know, a nice little confidence when it's, you know, 45 seconds left in the game is to be up by four possessions. The Dolphins in all likelihood, won't be up four possessions, but it would be nice for them to be up multiple possessions in a two-minute warning fourth quarter situation where they're all just shaking each other's hands for a job well done. Get, <laughs> get the jet fired up. Get home. Get healthy. And get ready to hold home court against the Bengals. And then, Jimmy Crackcorn, you're 8-4. and 8-4, and four, exactly. That's what we want to see is get to 8-4, and four. Be competitive this year, make the playoffs, have some fun, and let's get it. I, I, you said had some fun. This year has been fun. And this is what I want to just kind of segue to the close of the show with. There's been arguing. There's, this is the third act of the season, and there's been about 47 subplots of drama amongst the base, uh, national media, we all want national media. We all want to be in the conversation, right? But everyone who's in a conversation wants to have a tolerable conversation. 
The offensive line is mediocre. It's better than the worst in the league. That's the, that's the first thing I kind of want to get out there. Second thing I want to get out there is that we as a fan base, and we as really just a group of people, have to be patient. This is a house money year. There's nobody out there who at the end of today, there's maybe 1%, I'll, I'll give you the most 1% that would have said, yeah, I had them in 7-4 going into December. I had it. Here, here's my W's and L's. Save one or two, but yeah, I had the win streak. I had those five in a row. Show me it. Show me a receipt. No one had it. No one had a five-game win streak. Not one human being, if you did, at me. Show me the receipt. So this is, again, a house money situation, and I'm fine. Literally, there's nothing that could really bother me other than laying an egg today. I am with you 100%. Here's what I'm going to say. Let's well, we tend to get stuck in this bubble as fans. Every every fan base does, and you're looking at what's happening with your your team. Okay, you alluded to the DeAndre Hopkins catch. Now keep in mind the Houston Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins for a fourth and a player. So you get to the Texans. Bill O'Brien's no longer there. They don't have a first or second round pick next year. They don't have any of that stuff. And somebody's had to come in. Look at that fan base. How hopeful can you be? Yes, they got the QB, but they don't have a team to put around the QB, and they're just not that good. And yet they went up to Detroit, destroyed Matt Patricia. Now that they don't have a GM, they don't have a coach, and they don't have a plan. Look at these organizations like Houston. They don't have a plan going forward. You've got an aging J.J. Watt they could have got some, some stuff for. Same thing with the Falcons. No plan going forward, no coach, no plan for the future. You're just going to they're, – they're, they're going to be on the perpetual wheel the next couple of months or next couple of years because they didn't do what the Dolphins did and tear everything down last year. Now we're, gonna, we're getting to really see the growth from that teardown. And we're ahead of schedule. We're way ahead of where, where anybody wanted us to be, where anybody wanted them to be. Enjoy this. This defense is killing people. Yes, did they have their best set against uh, Denver? No, but they didn't have their worst. This, this is a good defense. This defense gets turnovers. What is it, 16, 17 weeks in a row they've got a turnover if you go back to last season? They get turnovers. That's how you win games. You win games on defense, special teams, and offense. Two out of those three are nailing, and the last one will come. Because they can build the team next year around the rookie QB. And it just gets better from there. And when he, Tua gets his DeAndre Hopkins, he'll get to keep him. Because it's one plan, and it's a working relationship between a GM and a head coach that all have the same vision. With a deep back front office that's just going to make this team better. So enjoy right now. And then think it just gets better the offensive line will just get better three of them are rookies it all just gets better from here you said it I think four or five weeks ago in the midst of the winning streak you know and in the midst of the enjoyment where yeah this is fun there's nothing that's not fun about this yeah it's a little bit of a roller coaster a little drama you know but I'll take it. I will take it because of what you just kind of laid out for the future. 
And you know what? They are expected to make the playoffs at the very moment. They are, you know? So let, let, let's hope for that. Get on that kind of optimistic train. Not looking for gloom and doom. Not taking the magnifying lens out and saying, well, this is that and that is this. Just go with the flow. Because Flo knows what he's doing. And with that said, I need a prediction. I am going to predict it's a little closer than we would like at 28 to 17. But the last bit of those points comes in a little late. Uh, But they still close it out in the fourth quarter early enough to breathe. One thing to look for. And that's just overall across the board. One key component to this game. I would say interceptions. That, that's going to be it. Turnovers, plays that put teams in good and bad positions to win. I think if the Dolphins don't play complimentary ball, that could be the thing that bites them if, if they don't do that this week. I think they will. I think the defense is strong enough to hold up to what the Jets have. But you can't take any opponent lightly. And the one thing they do have going for them is they lost last week. So they're going to be they're, – they're, they're not bought into their press at this point. They got shellacked. They know it. They knew this all week. They're going to come in wanting a win. They will be hungry. And when you have a defense that's hungry – think turnovers. So yeah, win the turnover battle. Uh, I think win the game. I think that's just clear. And the thing that I am going to, uh, I'll give you what to look for and then I'll lead into my score prediction. Um, I, I want to see a mixture of the quarterback communication and the offensive line, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick, his command of the huddle, mixing into the cadence, the snap count, mixing up the defensive timing which is basically the Broncos knew what was coming. They jumped the snap count, and that's how they disrupted two his passing. Even without a sack, they, they won the play. Each and every time, they were jumping the snap count. Chubb had it down cold. So I want to see if there's a massive differentiation for Tua to watch on the sideline and to kind of go back to the film and say, oh, wow, he's doing hard count. Okay, he's mixing it up. He hasn't even looked at his wrist. He just knows the play. When I say that, Chan Gailey's upstairs. So he radios the play down to either the quarterback or to the uh, you know the quarterback coach, who then has to tell it to Tua, who then gives a number combination because that's what Chan Gailey does. As per Jay Fiedler, what he said a couple of days ago on one of our shows, you know you go to the QB wrist and then you look at the combination and then you have to give the play and you have to say it to the offense. Then you have to go to the line of scrimmage and you got to give the snap count and you got to go. That's a lot of information that I just regurgitated, but that's football, guys and gals. And if you have a veteran who's done it for 16 years, especially within that offense, it might just be easier to say trips right, scissors wrapped flat, go, whatever. And then you go. And that's it. Tua might not be there just yet. He's a smart guy. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he's a rookie. What rookie has commanded every aspect of the playbook? Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions as a rookie. So I like a little bit less scoring of a game. I think we're going to go with a 21. You know, I got to give Sanders a field goal. So we'll go 24 to 13. I agree there might be kind of that last second touchdown. And I do think that Ryan Fitzpatrick scampers into the end zone for a rushing touchdown, Drew. Scamper he shall. Doing his, his the little shake with the, the beard shake. 
hopefully he gets hot. Hopefully, you know, he knows this could be a swan song. So I think he's going to make it count. And it, like Fitz, don't like Fitz, the one thing we know about Fitz, he's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun. They're going to fire off. The defense is going to fire off. Um, there's going to be at least another pick. Let's enjoy the game today, folks. One o'clock, tune in, watch the shellacking, enjoy it. There you go. We have a win today, says Drew, says myself. For Drew, I'm Jason. Fins up, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Fins up! <laughs>